Hey guys, Chris here, just to let you know that this week's show is brought to you in part by Madden 24. Madden 24 has officially been released and there are a giant number of changes to make an already incredible game just that much better. With significant technological improvements, the Madden team has enhanced the gameplay experience, taking it to an unprecedented level of immersion and control. With the new FieldSense technology, ultimate team upgrades, and simple additions to the franchise mode like restructuring contracts, it is true that if it's in the game, it's in the game. Available for all major consoles, the good folks over at EA were kind enough to gift us some digital codes. We're giving away an absolutely crazy 25 codes for each console version, and they're gonna go to the first people to DM us on Twitter. Simply ask for it. It's that easy. Madden for free. Madden 24, available now. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadale and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. I'm Chris Horwadale, joined by Mario Hines. Mario, how are you? I am doing well, Chris. I'm happy. I'm a happy man. That why? Why would you? Why? Few reasons. Sun mm-hmm. shining. You know, belly's full. Mm-hmm. Lions won. I lions won. Got no weird, right? Just say in week one. <laughs> I hadn't heard about this. Um, mm. We will talk about that. We have much to talk about this week. I have BovadaSportsbook.com open in front of me. We're going to take a look at all the week two games on the NFL slate, as well as recap what happened in week one and uh, a fairly large story that that took place during the, the uh, what, Sunday night game, Monday night game. I don't know. Time is Monday night. Sounds right. Sounds right to me. Mm-hmm. It's, no, the Sunday night, Sunday night game was that disaster of a uh, Cowboys-Giants game. <laughs> So the one that filled me with dread, but we're not here to talk about my dread. We're here to talk about your <laughs> Lions. Let's talk the first game of the NFL season. Lions Chiefs, Thursday Night Football, September 7th. Lions 21, Chiefs 20. But with a big old asterisk, Mario. I know. How cool is that? Like, <laughs> great win for the or, great win for the city. Uh, but, like, how? thanks. Thanks a lot. We don't care. That's the thing. No, you. there's no asterisks just because certain players aren't available. If that's the case, every NFL game at the end of a season would fall into that criteria because, you know, players get hurt. And that's just what it is. The Eagles this week will be playing without uh, James Bradbury, Kenneth Gainwell, Reed Blankenship, N'Kobe Dean. So if the Vikings win, I assume that that doesn't count or there's an asterisk involved. That's 1,000% correct. I mean, I would even go as far as to say, your Super Bowl uh, appearance has an asterisk because Brock Purdy. Okay. Brock Purdy. Hey, BP played. BP yeah, played. He knocked him out, actually, yeah. So, But he came back and played. Did he come back? Yeah, he played that game. Not not well, but he played that game. Huh. With, well, the, he put, with the torn UCL, I think. Yeah, well. And he had a good... Brock, Brock uh, had a good game week one. He did. But, <laughs> he did. How are we feeling about this Lions team? Jared Goff, 253 in a score. David Montgomery, 21 carry, 74 yards. And uh, Amonra St. Brown found the end zone and uh, did, 
a, a touchdown celebration that the network would prefer he hadn't. Yeah, and so I followed Cut him. away from that real quick. <laughs> they did. It was such a quick cutaway. I um, I followed him on social media, and I had an inside joke, something that happened in training camp, and it was cool to see there. And I hope he does it every time now. I suspect he has been told not to. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of uh, what you think of the rooks? Obviously, big pick six for Brian Branch before he got a little banged up. Uh, Jameer Gibbs seven touches, seven carries for forty-two yards and two catches for eighteen. What do we think? I like what I saw from Gibbs. I think a lot of people are like, give him, give him the rock, give him the rock. I could see a little bit of his. Uh, hmm. How do you, it's not, it's not a, it wasn't a deer in headlights at all, but there was some, there's still, he's not just playing. You could mm. see that he's just very explosive. So him thinking about the game is still better and, and more explosive than your average player. But I'm, I think they gave him the right amount of touches in the right way. So I was excited to see what he could do and produce, especially against the team they were playing. Um, I, Branch, I think, you know, being a Johnny on the spot helps, you know, being around the ball. That's how turnovers are created. It's not always that you make some uh, other world play. It's that you're in position to make the play. And then it, when the opportunity arises, you make the play. So great mm-hmm. opportunity there. And even the the linebacker, oh, I can't remember his name. Linebacker Jack Campbell. From- yeah, yeah. I mean, in and he coverage, had two. He had he had two tackles. Let's let's uh. The PBUs were the Jack PBUs. Campbell. The PBUs were big. The downfield he, PBUs. Jack Campbell. It was credited with one pass defense. Just one. Yeah. Well, maybe they, because he didn't touch the ball on a couple of others, but he was in position. I liked what I saw from him, adding him into the mix. Reported with five catches. Who? Sam Laporta. Yes, yes. Which. Felt good and and was one shy of the tight end rookie Lions record. Is that true? Six catches is the most of rookie tight end. I feel like you've had a bunch of first round pick tight ends. Exactly. And it was it was actually the last first round tight end we had that we shipped out. Is it Ebron? No, Hawkinson. Oh Hawkinson. I forgot. Yeah. I you were you were always a big Eric Ebron fan. (laughs) Even to this day, like blood boils. Even to this yeah. day, it's crazy. So I'll tell you what people are uh, people are a little down on Patty Mac after this game. Like, really? it's crazy to say Mahomes did anything wrong in this game. I thought Mahomes played a really good football game despite the twenty-one for thirty-nine, two twenty-six, two touchdowns, and pick. Like he put the team in position. He got oh god, he two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven different players caught passes. And uh, one, you know, Sky Moore had three tries, didn't get one. And Kadarius Tony ended the game as the lowest graded wide receiver PFF has had in the modern era. <laughs> and somehow, somehow that still only kind of encapsulates how bad it looked. Oh, yeah. No, it was worse. You're absolutely right. <laughs> it was so, so bad. I mean, I also was uh, texting a friend about how poorly Sky Moore showed up. Yeah, it's just like I'm absolutely pointing the finger everywhere else except at uh, Pat Mahomes, man. Like I, I don't know what what you could have wanted from him. Even he, I mean, the escapability on some of those plays, it could have been worse if he didn't play as well as he mm. did. So I mean, 
I get it though. I get it. You expect your all everything, possibly the best quarterback to ever play the game type to beat the Lions no matter how much hype. I get that. I really do. Mm-hmm. But he was relatively alone in that sense. Yeah, I think I think Andy was a little stubborn with who he played. Justin Ross had a giant preseason and it mm-hmm. felt like they weren't willing to put him on the field. I don't know if it's they don't trust him yet, but uh, only two targets for Justin Ross, one catch, six yards. Rishi Rice had uh, five targets, three catches for 29 and a score. The Belldozer, Blake Bell, two ca- uh, two catches for 12 and a touchdown, three targets. It's, uh, no, actually, Noah Gray and uh, and Rishi Rice were their top targeted players. Oh, and Kadarius Tony. Sorry, we can't forget Kadarius Tony. Yes, yes. Each got of them got each of chance. them got five targets. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so one and zero. That's got to feel good. It feels great. Also, considering how the rest of the North looked, and you, of course, you got that weird thing with the Bears Packers, where like. Well, the the Bears got destroyed, but it was by a division foe, so that's your, you know. But I think it's a little bit of how bad the Bears were made the Packers look a little bit better. I mean, you you gave Jordan Love some love. Yeah, I, you know, you know, I talked up the Packers a little bit on the show last week, and that and that was without uh, that was they did this without Christian Watson playing. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm pretty bullish on this Packers team. Jordan Love looked good. Didn't try to do too much. 15 to 27 for three scores, 245 yards. Aaron Jones just did his Aaron Jones thing. Nine carries for 41 and a score. Yeah. Uh, two catches for 86 and a score. Yeah. Just being that guy. The uh, the rookie tight end Luke Musgrove got got involved in the action. Romeo Dubs two touchdown catches. The one interesting part, A.J. Dillon couldn't get going. 13 carries for 19 yards, 1.5 a clip, and um, two catches for 17. So yeah, there's still, there's still a level that this team can go to offensively. Absolutely. I'll, I'll give them that. I'll give them that. What I was watching, though, is you stop, you stop the, the run for the Packers, mm-hmm. and you've got a shot. Obviously, the, I mean, that's formula for most teams, but I really think – that they exploded once they the run game opened up for them and uh and Jordan Love was able to to have that to rely on. I think if you frustrate that run game, I'd like to see how they respond. Now that doesn't take away the fact that they've got some playmakers on the outside that you have to contend with, but the Bears just flat out looked horrible offensively and yeah. that carried over to them defensively. I agree with what you're saying, and I do think that there is a underappreciation of the run game solely because of what the run game brings to the team. You know, there, we have you know Kenneth Gainwell as the starter in Philadelphia. Khalil, what, uh, Khalil Herbert got the most carries in Chicago. You have guys like Isaiah Pacheco in in uh, in Kansas City, just very ho hum running backs and like a good running back. Look at what Christian McCaffrey did to change the offense in San Francisco this week. That he was a force. You mm-hmm. had to account for him and that mm-hmm. allowed everybody else to eat. Like Brock Purdy got his two touchdowns in big part because that defense was so worried about Christian McCaffrey. Right. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And it changed. That's why they did it. That's why they did it last year. And it changed what I think should have been ah should have tough but what could have been the expectation with Brock Purdy coming in like we didn't know mm-hmm. which McCaffrey would show up 
but that knowing, is very true. Yeah, but yeah, and, and, but knowing or now seeing or having believed that it would be as close to what uh, the Carolina version of him was, then yeah, your quarterback is going to find some success. So you're right; it, it matters, and especially if they get rolling, running backs get rolling early, uh, which I think I, we saw with the Lions too. I think that the Lions got some good chunk yardage. I think even in, in one big play um, from Gibbs. And then you just your, your stuff starts to open up because um, uh, golf didn't look great the first couple series. So no. once he was able to get settled in and the run game was still working, so you didn't feel completely squashed, you're able to, to to find what you want. So yeah, yeah, I think the Bears have to dive into that formula, and they also have to try to get DJ more the ball. So I, you know, it's tough to be too hyperbolic after week one of the NFL season when most teams don't play anybody of uh, anybody of any significance in the preseason, but Mm -hmm. I didn't buy this bears team coming in. Should we be worried that this bears team may be just overrated? Uh... And chase Claypool might flat out suck. He stinks. He's like one thing, one thing, one thing the Steelers are going to do is make sure they keep their playmakers and you have to be the absolute worst person alive and the other thing the Steelers are very good at doing are is making pretty much anybody on the roster into a playmaker at wide receiver there you go so you take the fact that they who couldn't who who got something or enough out of Claypool to think that he was worth trading for but being willing to get him out of there mm-hmm. now you see it in the Bears where like I can't believe and you I think you made this comparison or made this statement once somebody with such a big body so horrible at uh, point of contact catches. I've never. He he doesn't want to be a physical receiver. He doesn't. Then this is what you said. Like he's trying to play a little receiver's game, and it's like, brother, brother. <laughs> no, he he's freaking. Uh, he's he's Andrea Bargnani, <laughs> big seven foot center, just wants to be play on the perimeter and shoot threes. Exactly, and it's like wh- you're not going to get that. You're triply not going to get that in Chicago, and now it's showing because some of those those are, okay. These aren't even 50-50 balls, guys. Like I said, they're mm-hmm. just point of contact catches where in the NFL you're not super wide open. So right. you have to be able to – your body is you're shielding, and he can't do it. So he's no help at all. Right. Who knows what uh, you know if I'm right or wrong about this whole running back thing? Because even the team that took a running back incredibly high in the draft, mm-hmm. the Falcons take Bijan early in the first round in front of Philadelphia – they gave him 10 carries to Tyler Algier's 15 carries. And Algier had a good game, 15 for 75 and two scores. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's the B. John show now. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And I he like- had, and B. John also did have that highlight touchdown. There we go. Yeah. I, I, like the way, I like the way he stepped into his first touch, his first game. But really, I'm willing to take it back to him agreeing to wear seven. So this is where you're like, okay, you know who you've got. Um, and so are we are we seeing the value of the running back in a subtle way return? Um, because I think also he was a key part in making the Falcon uh, and the Panthers being terrible. Uh, yeah, the, Falcon, the, Fal- the Panthers might be terrible. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Falcons might also not be good, but the Panthers might be terrible. Exactly, exactly. So... But he was a, he's a key cog in their their lack of playmaking quarterback as it stands. So, yeah. 
How about what happened in Cleveland? The Browns hold Joe Burrow to 83 yards passing. Do we think, you know, is this is this Joey B was hurt, rusty, and all of that? Is this the Browns' defense is as good as people are saying? Is it a little bit of both? What do you think? A little bit of both. Uh, seeing the one highlight of, of um, geez, oh, man, all pro, probably going to be defensive player of the year. I can't yeah. think of his name. Defensive end, Browns. Miles Miles Garrett. There we go. Yeah. Miles Garrett just doing what he wants. Like Lawrence that's a, that's a rough name not to come up with, dude. That's we're not like, oh, is it, we're talking about Zadarius Smith or somebody like that. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, probably the best defensive end in football, depending on what position you think TJ Watt plays. Exactly. And so there's that. You can't take that away. He was absolutely dominant. So that's going to impact your, I think, already injured, probably underplayed the injury based on the timing of it and like the gasp. And it's like, okay, settle down, even though probably in-house, it's a lot more nagging. And Mm. there was so much rust, so much rust across the league that I'm definitely tossing rust into the equation. This is not what the Bengals wanted to see when they made Joe Cool the highest paid player in NFL history. This is that's literally like the expectation. Like, don't pay a guy as soon as you pay a guy. Like he is he did the thing that you yeah. you do or you they expect when you pay a guy. Yeah. All of a sudden he's uh EJ Manuel. <laughs> No, like, sorry about what the straight EJ. Yeah, yeah so I apologize to EJ. Like, not the name I was trying to come up with, but I literally couldn't think of the Washington quarterback that got drafted like 10 or so in the draft oh, in like 2008 or 2009. But I couldn't come up with the name that I wanted. And I, I was like, oh, give me a mediocre quarterback. Oh, brain. my give gosh. Me. Wait, are you talking? About, no, you're not talking about JP Losman. You're not talking about him. No, it's, I think it's Kyle or Kevin or oh something like that. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't come up with it. And I just like, I was just like racking my brain for the most mediocre quarterback I could think yeah, of. And we yeah. came up with EJ Manuel. I mean, solid name. Kyle. Oh my I God. Wanna, I know. I know. Like I want to go Kyle Bowler, but that's obviously not it. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Bowler was also pretty bad. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> Jags 31 Colts 21. And uh, <laughs> what did we think of? The debut of Anthony Richardson, who uh, he did very Anthony Richardson-y things where he basically uh, basically lost the game with a bad interception at the end, but showed flashes. I Better, hmm, how do I put this? That is Anthony Richardson-esque, but still somehow su- uh, surpassed my expectations in a positive way. <laughs> Anthony Richardson didn't look out of place. Exactly. Like it, it, it wasn't like, it's like, okay, your athleticism got you this far, but that doesn't like completely neutralize because the NFL, no, he is a scary force at the highest level. And if he gets good, if he can oh, settle into the there. position, I know if he can settle into the position, he's likely elite type of thing. Like that's what, came across for me which is better than i expected i expected more of an out of the place uh, um out of place performance yeah i'm looking through the drafts and boy boy were there a lot of mediocre quarterbacks who were drafted man boy were there a lot of like <laughs> i love i loved loved brian brom when he was at louisville i was i was sure he was going to be so good and uh, yeah 
drafted right before Chad Henney in the second round in 2008. Oh, a lot of mediocre quarterbacks, but I cannot find the player who I'm looking for from Washington. We got we had Josh Freeman. There's a name, Josh Freeman. Oh from my! Kansas Didn't he State. tight end it up? Uh, he might have at the end. Yeah, and that draft also saw Pat White, who existed about 10 years, 15 years too early. Uh, he was the third quarter or the fourth quarterback drafted the athletic quarterback out of West Virginia. I think they made, and I think they made him play wide receiver. At, at they did. Point. They did. <laughs> so yeah, that was, isn't he uh, a great coach right now? I don't know. We got, well, I'm in 2010 and we've got Timmy Tebow and Jimmy Clausen being drafted. Jim Clausen, man, they try to make Jim Clausen a thing. He the next okay. Montana. Yeah. Okay. This feels right. The, um, we're in the, we're in the, I'm think I was thinking of Jake Locker. Oh my gosh. Remember when he was like scary good his freshman year and never got good again? Yeah, I was thinking of Jake Locker, the eighth overall pick to the Tennessee Titans, who are still looking for their quarterback, it turns out. In, <laughs> in the 2011 draft. Yeah. Yeah. I was Locker, actually a Jake Locker fan, bro, so I actually can't go too hard. This this quarterback class, Cam goes number one. Number two is Locker, goes eight. Number three is Blaine Gabbard, goes 10. And number four is Christian Ponder, goes 12. The next two quarterbacks drafted, by the way, Andy Dalton and Kyle Kaepernick. My man, Kaepernick. Like, scouting is a crapshoot. It really is. It's the worst job there is. Now I'm, just looking, now I'm just looking at mediocre quarterbacks who were drafted in, in the early teens. Let's see, what, let's see who 2012 brings us. 2012 was a very that was the that was the Andrew Luck Robert Griffin draft. Mm-hmm. Spe- speaking of the uh, the Titans, Tannehill goes eight. Then you have you have the great Brandon Whedon goes. He went to the Dolphins, right? Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as Whedon, then Osweiler, and then Russell Wilson goes uh, 75, followed by Nick Foles at 88, and Kirk Cousins at 102. Wow. That's not. Not bad. Let's see. Any other quarterbacks drafted? Ryan Lindley. Ryan Lindley was drafted. Where did he go again? R- Ryan Texas. Li- Texas uh... No, Ryan Lindley was San Diego State. San Diego State. To, yeah. He went to the Arizona Cardinals. I believe he was he was kicking around the league not too long ago. Oh right. It, right, right. It's interesting when you're a backup quarterback because like you can just you can hang out forever. You really can. Like you really, if you're helpful, if you're helpful. <laughs> Yeah, we'll 2013, going. first quarterback drafted, <laughs> the namesake. E.J. Manuel goes 16 to the Buffalo Bills. Yes. Uh, we have Geno Smith goes 39 to the Jets. And then we have Mike Glennon goes uh, 73 to the Tampa Poor Bay Buccaneers. Geno, he was there. He was there. Oh, man, I, I remember this draft very well. I was, <laughs> I was watching. This is back when the draft was as it should be on all day Saturday, all day Sunday. Mm-hmm. And my guys would come over on, on Saturday to watch the first three rounds. Sunday I would usually watch alone because I'm not going to punish people like that. Mm-hmm. And I was I was playing Far Cry 3 on like Xbox 360 or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, a game that I've played like five times, by the way. And, um, Very good franchise. And I... I looked up and I was like, oh shit, like I'm missing the beginning of day two. And I got the notification on my phone. Eagles trade up number one pick. They have the number one pick on day two and they took quarterback from USC would have gone number three the year prior, number three overall. <laughs> they took Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley. Ooh. 
Yeah. Followed by Ryan Nassib, Tyler Wilson, Landry Jones, and uh, and the like in that draft. Uh, let's see what let's see what 2014 brought us. Which is the Wikipedia episode. Blake Bortles was the was number three, followed by Johnny Manziel, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Derek Carr, and Jimmy Garoppolo. So that that did not go as it should have. No, no, it didn't. <laughs> Logan Thomas and Tom Savage go a little bit later. Uh, yeah, man, drafting quarterbacks is a real fucking crapshoot. It's very hard to do. In, 20, hard. in 2015, I mean, we have you have Famous and, and Mariota go 1-2. And then later on, we have, uh, wow, basically nothing. Sean Mannion? Um, Brett Hundley? I guess, yeah, I guess James was the best. I guess... Trevor Simeon was the 250th pick. You got to talk about Trevor Simeon. I guess, yeah, I guess they, that was just a terrible class and they kind of went where they should, but obviously it didn't work out. Goff Wentz won two in uh, 20, whatever, wherever we are, 16 right now. Paxton Lynch, the third quarterback taken. Christian Hackenberg, the fourth quarterback taken. <laughs> yeah, remember when he was a guy for a second? Yeah. Well, Hackenberg is interesting because Hackenberg committed. He and the tight end, whose name I can't remember now, were like two of the top ten recruits in the country. And they committed to Penn State and then head coach Bill O'Brien right after the whole Penn State thing happened. Yeah. And they they stayed. They stayed, and they Hackenberg had a really, really good freshman year. Yep. And then just never talk about a guy who just never really built on it at all. And if anything, he fell off a little bit. This okay. Here's how funny the NFL draft is. In that in that 2016 class, mm-hmm. picks 235 and 239, both quarterbacks, both guys who you know similarly. Uh, similarly thought of at that point, and I would argue one had more hype than the other. At, at one thirty nine, the Bills take Cartel Jones from Ohio State, <laughs> and at one thirty five, the Cowboys take from Mississippi State Dak Prescott. Yes, yes. these guys go within five picks of each other at the end of the fourth round in a draft that's all, you know, Paxton Lynch go twenty six. Paxton Lynch with 26. And Hackenberg with 51. have a terrible year and they get beat up on the beach. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Look, it's been an interesting career. What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, what else from this week? What else from this weekend is interesting? Um, uh, the, Cardinal, the Cardinals tried, tried to accidentally yeah. win a game. Uh, Josh Dobbs is... Not a starting quarterback in the NFL, it turns out. I know we're all a little bit surprised. Yeah. 21 to 31, but 21 to 31 for 132 yards, and it's 4.4 yards a completion. Like that there's dink and dunk, and then there's what Josh Dobbs did this week. <laughs> the reason why he always has a job because he's gonna take the safest route possible. Like he is <laughs> absolutely absolutely crazy. Uh Raiders Broncos interesting. It looked for a while that that Russ had turned it on. That first half was a pretty yeah. good one. Ends twenty seven to thirty four. Only one hundred and seventy seven yards is does get two touchdowns. 
no interceptions, but Jimmy G just he just wins football games, man. The, the Raiders find a way to beat the Broncos 17-16. Very good, very good player when it comes to the moment. Very, very good player, which is a skill to understand the moment and have your vision become as clear as it's ever been. Very, very impressive. And I actually, if we're talking about a 17-game season, which we mm-hmm. are. We are. And also admitting that there are no there are no um uh kind of wins. You don't kind of win. So this is a loss yeah. for the Broncos. No moral victories. No moral victories. But I think because of what you mentioned that first half where, I mean, people were ready to write off Russell and say he was done. So yeah. to get that out of him week one, especially script, that's your script for the most part. Mm-hmm. You're 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 relatively optimistic moving forward. Yeah, Baker and the uh, Baker and the Bucks end up beating Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and the Vikings. Baker like one seventy three and two scores, just kind of did did Baker things. But the game I want to talk about, probably the best game of the weekend. Let's talk about Dolphins 36, Chargers 34, mm. Tua 466. And, at, you know, as a, as a wide receiver yourself, had to be fun to see Tyree kill go 11 for two fifteen and two scores. Yes, 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 yes. It's like Tyree kill. Although the game has changed, mm. Tyree kill, I think is successful amongst most eras. Like he, understands the receiver position and you've got a quarterback that understands passing the passing game and you're going against the chargers who are all the way cool with letting you score so that they can try to score again yeah terrible defense <laughs> like good players terrible defense yeah yeah i don't understand their, their little thing but uh great game even just all around like in tua i think if, if we can get these if we can get 17 games played out of him man Good grief. Yeah, he uh, he shot all the way up to being the number two favorite to win the MVP at Bavada following this uh, week one performance, the 466 and three scores. Let's talk about the biggest news of the week, Monday Night Football, Bills, Jets, Josh Allen, three interceptions, a fumble, fumble loss, 83 uh, turnovers, the most in the NFL since 2018. People really don't talk about that too much, but Nobody's really going to talk about that in the news because uh, four snaps into his New York Jets career, Aaron Rodgers tears his Achilles. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And just like that, the the hopes and dreams, the Super Bowl contention of the New York Jets out the window. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it because I turned the game on kind of late. Yeah, like I, I missed the first drive basically because I didn't know what time it actually started. And oh, so so you missed Aaron Rodgers' Jets career? Exactly. Like, I, can't... <laughs> I was in shock. Like, no way, no way, no. Like, what is Kyle yes. Wilson doing? Yeah, like Kyle, I don't even. I don't even know what his name. Zach Wilson is. Of course, Zach Wilson. Of course name. You gotta even remember who Kyle Wilson is. That sounds right, though. Yeah, it does sound right. Yeah, and I, is, that's I a person. I'm googling. I'm sure it's yeah. a person. Shout out, Kyle Wilson. Reach out. Let us know you're a person. Exactly. Uh, Kyle Wilson is a cornerback, and and there's a cornerback and a linebacker, Kyle Wilson, in the NFL. I'm thinking of the Kyle Wilson from Boise State. There, That is the safety, yeah. Yes. He's 36 years old from Piscataway, New Jersey. There's also a, a Kyle R. Wilson Elementary School in 
shout out Kyle R. Wilson Elementary School. Didn't think we were going to be talking about that today on the show. They are located in uh, Woodbridge, Virginia. Gotta love it. Gotta, yeah. gotta, gotta, uh, actually, Woodbridge, Woodbridge, it's not close, but it's not far. from. They're me. in the PWCS, the whatever school system. So. <laughs> I'm, look, I want people, let's, let's, uh, they got a, they have a book fair going on. Can we buy books? No, we gotta go. Oh yeah. I mean, we'll be able to buy books at this book fair. I want to blow up the Kyle R. Wilson elementary school I'm book fair. Enrollment triples. I, I want them so confused. All right. Look, <laughs> I don't think we're going <laughs> to look They're They're asking a lot. Yeah. They're asking a lot. I, I, I opened up the link to this book fair. And the first thing that comes up is the quote, ready to go 500 book expanded classroom library. I think we're, we're donating this to the school. And the price for this particular donation, I assume all these these 500 books would go to Kyle R. Wilson Elementary School in in, in Virginia. $1,925. And this goes up, dude. It goes up to, like, it's, that's where, basically, it starts there. There is an 1875. There's an 1875, and it's also 500. If you want to go, if you want to cheap out on the, the fine folks at Kyle R. Wilson Elementary School. But... You want to you want to do what you're supposed to do. You want to do your civic duty. You know, put yeah. your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Uh, you have the ready to go 750 book expanded classroom library grade five, thirty three seventy five. By the way, that is a bargain. That is forty one percent off. Typically five thousand seven hundred nine dollars and sixty four cents. Don't wait. Buy it now. Donate it for them. There's I see Harry Potter in there. Ooh. Can't really see what else is. It's forty one percent off. That's not. It, you don't know that it's going to be forty one percent off when you get up tomorrow morning. Don't make the mistake of missing out on this incredible deal. Wow. This episode brought to you by Scholastic.com. There you go. <laughs> That's excellent. I was really trying to. I was. I wanted. Why don't they have anything reasonable? I just wanted to buy some. I want people to buy Kyle R. Wilson Elementary School merch. But like, just give us a T shirt for like twelve bucks. I'm, we can. Our people will buy some of them, and it would be funny. Nope. Nope. You got to go all in. All, all in. Yeah, for real. You got to spend 1900 bucks. Do you let the kids or not? Children are, are children the future or not? What are you teaching these kids at Kyle R. Wilson yeah. Elementary School? <laughs> let's, let's be realistic in this modern day world, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Anyway, uh, so Rogers obviously out for the year. Who knows whether or not he returns? Everybody seems to say he's going to, but what else would they say right now? Yeah, um, right. the Jets are saying this is Zach Wilson's team. He's our guy, but making calls to people nonetheless. Allegedly, uh, have have reached out to a couple of former Eagles quarterbacks, and Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. Allegedly, yeah. Matt Ryan has been mentioned. Sure. What do you do if you're the Jets? <laughs> I just have one question before I answer your question. Yeah, is it something to, to do with Kyle R. Wilson Elementary School? <laughs> oh, I'm already. I'm already on my campaign, but no, and you don't have to answer this. It's fine. <laughs> does yeah. this does this make you want to be Mormon? Because how the hell did Zach Wilson you know get this opportunity again? I'm not going to touch that. But <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not going to touch that. Uh, good luck to you. But <laughs> the Mormon mafia coming after Mario Hines. I know. I'm, I'm no. just I'm just trying to get donations to Kyle R. Exactly. For the people, no, I think you sit with this. There's no way. There's no way you, with all that you've done up to this point, and 
because we know a little bit more intimately, thanks to Hard Knocks. Yeah. There was a preaching of a belief in what Wilson could do with the time. Uh-huh. So if you take this, and of course you're you're not you can't automatically pivot and say he's ready, but you can't backslide to the point where you're like, he's so not ready that we'll bring in a guy who wasn't around to start ahead of him. No, you can't you can't do that with all the other things that were in play. And I'll even go as far as to say you got to witness the the elevation and evolution of the, the young guys around him with Brees Hall yeah. bursting back oh, onto the scene. You so got you got to score, Brees. You got to score. Like that fatigue, like wow, yeah, you really endurance is a thing, conditioning is a thing when you've missed. And then you've got Wilson, the other yeah. one, one of the like, greatest touchdown catches I've ever seen. I'm talking about like so. You're like you know what? Figure out a way to make this work with who you got, man. Because I think anything else, I don't. I'm not worried about sending a message. I really yeah. mean like you just might intervene on something that could be relatively positive. Yeah. But I mean, you also, you need to bring somebody else in because you can't, it can't just be, I can't even, I'm trying to think of who, who the it's Tim Boyle, I think is the, is the third string quarterback. Like I, yeah, (laughs) it's like, and it's going to be, this is going to be sound funny coming from me, but I think this is the, both the best idea and the most interesting idea. If it's me, I've already signed Carson Wentz. Like I've already, I've already signed Carson Wentz. Like the like, the, and the Uber we'll, the Uber individual Carson Wentz. Yeah, we'll bring him in. Like he's he says he's he's ready to be a backup. We'll bring him in. We'll tell him, oh, this is Zach Wilson's team, but you're the backup. You know, get acclimated, whatever. Zach Wilson's gonna lose the starting job at some point. <laughs> like I just think that is a really interesting. You don't get the upside of anyone that in these quarterbacks that you get with Carson Wentz. I agree. I agree. That, and, that's and, still, and like if they could somehow salvage Carson Wentz's career, like that's also interesting because then he goes and signs with the team next year and you get a draft pick. True. Strategically, if because that's how I'm looking at this. I don't care about the optics. Yeah. Strategically, if you can make that work and if he's telling the truth and is ready, yeah. And you to let to let Zach Wilson fail his way to the bench again. Then yeah, I think out of all the folks you can pick, it's either him or Tom Brady. Yeah. Well, Brady's basically he's a part owner of the Raiders right now, so that that would be very difficult to make that work. Yeah. But um, and by the way, just speaking of not caring about the optics, if it was me, Carson Wentz would be the backup quarterback in Philadelphia right now. I would already cut Marcus Mariota. (laughs) Yeah, that's not going to work either. So, but that I I love this idea. I love the I love Carson. The the Eagles are like the Eagles are like. 13 and 3, 13 and 2, 12 and 3, something like that. Jalen Hurts gets hurt at the end of the season. Carson yes. comes in, leads the team to the Super Bowl, redeems himself, goes on. His brain is now fixed and he can have an NFL career again. <laughs> I don't I, get me out of that simulation. Okay. I love it. <laughs> it just the most fun coming all the way around kind of story. That would. Although I think Jalen Hurts hates him. And, and I think it's all pro- the more. I think a lot of people in that locker room hate him. All the more. Yeah. It'd be funny. Yeah. Marcus Mariota is boring. Let's get let's make picks for this week. Let's do it. Mario Hines. Let's do it. You're one hundred percent locks, as they've always been. I do have I tell you what, when we get there, I do have one absolute hundred percent guaranteed lock in this year, in this this week's uh this week's schedule. Okay. 
but I want to get your picks first. Sure. The We'll start Thursday night, 8.15 p.m., Minnesota in Philadelphia, Thursday night football. Bavada has the Eagles, minus six and a half. Minus six, yes. Let's take it. I know you just listed off a few folks that aren't going to make the trip, i.e. play since at home. Yeah. but Five um, starters. I think that the body language of the Vikings is telling, and I'm not even a body language guy like that, mm-hmm. but it adds up. It adds up at this point because what do we do now is serious, is a serious question because yeah. what are they going to do now from the outside looking in is a serious question for the Vikings. So I think that the Eagles take care of that despite five starters being out. And Kirk Cousins has a, a long and storied tradition of not showing up with the lights on. Also, also great guy, I suppose. But yeah, I, I guess I don't know. Yeah, right? Right? If he look, okay. Here's what I'll say about Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. If he's in on the joke, then I think he's a great guy. <laughs> if, if he's not, I would hate him. I think he's. I think what makes him great is he actually is in on the. I think he is in on the joke based on the fact that like he, he also went to Michigan State and yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, famously, we talked about that uh, that Luck Griffin draft. Obviously, Kirk Cousins also involved in that draft. Correct. What a, what a, is that? Is that one of the strangest things to ever happen in the NFL draft? A team takes a bunch of draft picks, bunch of first round picks, pretty much all of their draft picks for that year. They trade up, they go to the number two pick, get the surefire quarterback prospect. Then they come back later in the draft, one of their only picks remaining, their next draft pick, they take a quarterback. It's very strange. And for me, though, it's more about like they were sure, but it's like how the draft shakes out. Yeah, you all. I think it's a it's a lesson of just take the guy you think is the best. I agree with you. I agree. One hundred percent agree with you. You just do that, and if that's your hard and fast rule, you just do it, and it turned out okay. Now, it only quote unquote turned out okay because you ran the rookie of the year basically into the ground. Yeah, and tried to destroy his career, kill him, yes, yes, yeah. So. that's the thing. But I, of course I had to segue this to the lions to say like, sure. These draft picks were guys we think were the best regardless of position value. And yeah. like or what said, era of the NFL they're playing in right now. Exactly. So, you know, I think that formula, if we were able to do a cool little deep dive show on that, I think we'd find that coaches with that perspective, that draft perspective mm-hmm. tend to have the best outcomes with their, picks for sure the baltimore ravens head to cincinnati to take on the cincinnati Bengals. this is an interesting line ravens win Bengals get killed Bengals three and a half point favorites at home at bavada yeah yeah the Bengals got killed right and throw a lot of valid quote-unquote valid reasons that you would mm. think would excuse them and basically from what we can see have excuse them whereas the ravens won and you've got some question marks still to say what was that about yeah also they won against houston exactly and they had houston looking okay for a second yeah so dude i I buy all the stock in the world in d'amico ryan's i think he's going to be such a head great head coach absolutely I, i definitely think if you if you're looking at that game and you're like what's going on outside of like the Ravens really got to figure it out with their OC is that D'Amico Ryans can stabilize. 
he can yeah. stabilize. So that is that is a leader of men. Yes. Yes. With that said, I'm in agreement. I have to see a lot more bad before I jump ship with the mm. Bengals. So I'm going to go Bengals here at home to redeem. The Chicago Bears head to Tampa Bay to take on Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bavada has the Bucks minus two and a half. Sure, let's do it. I mean, Baker said he he knew the defensive calls. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about this. Because, yes, Baker Mayfield did say that he knew the defensive calls from the Minnesota Vikings. What He knew what he was facing, basically down in, down out, every down, you know, mainly in the second half last week. My question is that if that's the case, how come you only threw for 173 yards? <laughs> 20 points? 20 points, 173 yards, and you knew what you were facing? You stink. Yeah, for real. <laughs> like, Cousins lost, and he threw for 344. You allegedly knew what the defense was, and you threw for 173? Like, don't say that. Just take the, like, oh, Baker, exactly. had, an o- Baker had an okay game. Like, he was fine. He was solid. Like, the, the Bucks might be okay. And then Baker's like, hey, I knew what the plays were, and they're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, and this is the Baker issue, I think, like, if you were to pick one out of a win where it's not a big deal, nothing's a big deal. This is like, this is the beginning of like, this guy kind of rubs me the wrong. Like, why did you say that, brother? Like, yeah. <laughs> why are you like, doing that? If you had like 480 passing, if you had, you, you put up exactly. two numbers last week and you're like, yeah, we, I, we know what the plays were. Like, uh, then, then it's kind of like, yeah, okay. You're, you're actually playing things down. Like maybe throw for 200 yards before you start talking shit. Get in the 200. So yeah. with that said, he'll know the bears, scheme too yeah he's gonna throw throw for a buck 11 this week (laughs) and we'll still get the win because i don't know the thing about is that i didn't get a chance to see the buccaneers defense clearly they figured something out in the second half Mm. um, pass wise and if that's the case then they'd be able to uh shut down the bears pass offense again the bears still are figuring out how to get their playmakers the ball so i'll go buccaneers here to start two and oh which is crazy the Green Bay Packers head to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. Bavada has the Falcons plus one at home. Yeah, this one's tough for me because I don't know which win I believe more. I but... for for me, I think it's the Packers. Like the Falcon, the Falcons defense was adequate, but like Desmond Ritter threw for like 125 yards or something. Uh, Drake London had one or two targets, zero catches. Kyle Pitts had three targets for two catches. Bijan got 10 carries. They have this really talented trio of offensive skill players, and they just don't seem interested in getting them involved in the offense for some reason. Well, they picked one guy who makes it difficult uh, to to orchestrate the whole thing. And with that said, yeah, I think all that included, you've got your staple of guys that can win games for you, even if you aren't as good as you showed in week one in the Green Bay Packers. So, yeah. Give me Green Bay to, to beat the Falcons at home. The the first matchup of Anthony Richardson versus C.J. Stroud, the rookies take going all going uh, going against each other. The Colts in Houston, Houston plus one at Bavada. Yeah, huh? This is a not must see TV game. It's not. It's interesting. It's an interesting game if you're like. Let me see the future of football in some way. <laughs> you want to? What is the some way out of curiosity? Um, that are these quarterbacks going to be starting still in three years? CJ, yes. Anthony Richardson, I don't know. 
You think CJ's gonna beat? Because three year, three years is hard to do when you have been beaten down. Like he's gonna have to do a. Sorry to say this guy's name. He's gonna have to do a Deshaun Watson feat in Houston. To maintain. in what regard? He's gonna have to be. He's gonna have to somehow show his play is is elevated amongst his peers while also still maintain the fact that they're they might lose a lot. I see I, I buy Stroud. I really do. Me I think too. he had just... I think he had the highest floor of any quarterback in the draft this year. I don't I don't think he has the Bryce Young upside, but I think he had the highest floor. I think he's the starting quarterback to me. I hope so. I, I'm 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 hoping so. It's just like how much how much of, of this Texans team I guess I mean it's coupled with what what uh, D'Amico can do. So you yeah. know what? I'm going to backtrack off that and say yeah, you're right because I want and, it to happen. And I'm predicting C.J. Stroud is the MVP of the NFL. This Look year. at you! Look. <laughs> so yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's go with. This still doesn't give me an answer to this game. <laughs> no, no, for sure it doesn't. Uh, I'm actually going to go Colts here. Who looked? Who? who oh, man, they both look relatively formidable. Let me. Find All right. This. The Kansas City Chiefs head to Jacksonville to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bavada has the Jaguars plus three and a half at home. Man, the Chiefs aren't going to go down 0-2, even though I love this Jags team and their resilience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, close game. You said it's negative three. I mean, yeah, minus, minus three. three. Yeah, plus three and a half to the, uh, to the uh, Jaguars. Yeah, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not hitting that. They're going to lose by, yeah, yeah. Okay, I said this. I said this on your wrong last night. This is my. This is a hundred percent my lock of the week. You can take if you want to be boring. You can take the Chiefs. Uh, you can take the Chiefs minus three and a half, minus one hundred five. That's yep. that's boring. I'm going to go into alternate lines. I'll take the Chiefs minus five and a half. That gets you up to plus one fifteen, and I'll take the Chiefs minus four in the first half. Uh, that's that's plus one thirty five. Sorry, that minus five and a half is plus one fifteen. Yeah, so. Minus four in the first half, plus one thirty-five. I think Chiefs win this game, fourteen points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just started to think like if it somehow became close, it would also become not like become not close by the end. So, um, yeah, I like that. I like what you did there. I will go. I will go at least ten, ten points. Well, there you can go. Uh, you can you can go minus seven and a half. I think that gets you plus one fifty-five or something like that. But I closed oh. the. Uh, Closed the screen. The Las Vegas Raiders head to Buffalo, take on the Buffalo Bills. Bavada has the Bills minus nine and a half at home. Woo! Biggest line of the week. Hey, watch. No, no respect for Jimmy G. None, man. I think that Jimmy G thrives in this moment. No, uh, um, the, the 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 environment stunk. Yeah, and so did Josh Allen. <laughs> but I think this is okay for Josh Allen, in terms of it's not a trend; it's mm. who he is sometimes, and who he is also is big play Josh, who can be a very scary threat. Uh, and I think he bounces back. What's the line here, though? Nine and a half. Jesus. Yeah, I can't go that. I put money. Bills win, but put your money on the Raiders. All right, Raiders plus nine and a half, minus one twenty. The Los Angeles Chargers in Tennessee to take on the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill, three interceptions. Could have been five mm-hmm. easily. Titans plus three at Bavada. Mm, yep. Going with that. Going with going with Chargers. 
this Chargers. This is another game where I think Chargers might win by a little bit more, and those alternate lines are interesting. Yeah. The Miami Dolphins head to New England to take on the New England Patriots. Patriots plus three at Bavada. Impressive, impressive. I'll use this word again. Stabilization by the Pats. Um, expected. A okay, I have, th- I, have, I have thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought they'd be worse. Continuously worse. I have thoughts on that. And that is, as an athlete, how many times have you been in a situation where you were playing a game and one team got up huge and then they just kind of stopped playing? They started playing vanilla. They geared down. It wasn't the same intensity. Mm. And and you, it's very hard to to amp it back up. It's incredible. And I think that's what we saw in Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia went up 16 early and they're like, oh, this is over. We're going to play vanilla offense. And uh, yeah, it they let the Patriots take advantage of them a little bit. I, I do not think the Patriots are, are as good as they showed. Hmm. That's, uh, that's interesting. I think we find out more of that this week. Uh, can they run? Can they run with the Dolphins? Because the Dolphins are not taking their foot off. Yeah. Oh, no. What's the line here again? Sorry, I got to revisit. Minus three, Dolphins. Oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go, Dolphins. The New York Football Jets head to Arizona to take on the Giants. Sorry, the New York Football Giants head to Arizona to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Bavada has the Cardinals plus five and a half at home. I'm taking that, too, with the the Giants. I think, again, elements. A little something to prove. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's perfect, perfect, (laughs) perfect place or a perfect team to prove something with. Yeah, you want a bounce back game. You really want to show up and see Josh Dobbs starting on the other side. 1,000%. The Seattle Seahawks head to Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions. Bavada has the Lions minus four and a half at home. Yep, Seahawks are that team that, like, I think last year was more of a aberration than. Okay. So I'm going 2 0 Lions, and they're going to meet the Lions. The San Francisco 49ers are in Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Bavada has the Rams plus seven and a half at home. Ooh, they're believing. They're believing in what they saw in San Fran. And guess mm. what? I am too. Me too. They're, too. they're scary good. Yeah, I am too. The New York football Jets are in Dallas to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Boy, would this <laughs> was this more interesting game a couple days ago. Exactly. The Dallas the line is now up since Zach Wilson has been named the starter. Zach and the uh, the Cowboys are nine point favorites. Oh, I'm actually gonna go Jets here because the Cowboys. This is this is pure. This is not based off what I watched. Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm willing to eat crow here, but okay, I just think the Cowboys don't replicate whatever the hell that was last week, and the Jets are coming into this wanting. Wilson to succeed and preparing for that. Looking at this, it seems like the Sunday night game is off the board for reasons, but one more 425 game, the Commanders in Denver to take on the Broncos. Broncos minus three and a half at Bavada. Come on, Broncos. You can do minus three against the Commanders. Let's go. We'll take that. All right, let's talk about this. Monday night football, we've got the Monday night doubleheader, kind of. Mm -hmm. If we're going to have a doubleheader, why not have it so people can actually watch both games. I don't like this staggered start BS. The the New Orleans Saints in Carolina to take on the Carolina Panthers, 7.15 p.m. start. Panthers minus three, or plus three. 
Saints here. <laughs> I don't know and what then, I'm looking for with Carolina. Like, and in, in, in yeah. none of their skill players want to play. No, agreed. And just an hour later, the Cleveland Browns are in Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. That game kicks off 8-15. Steelers plus two and a half at Bavada. Yeah, I'm sorry, everyone. I went against my better judgment and bought it, bought Steelers mm-hmm. preseason. My bad. My bad to everyone. Uh, so I'm going to go Browns here, who the one thing they will bring in, bring week in and week out is a pass rush. So Yeah, Cam Hayward out, Deontay Johnson out. Honestly, I think this two and a half is, uh, is a yeah, gift. Exactly. They're... It's it's tough to say this because it's week two and we don't really know these teams yet, but there feels like some exploitable lines this week. Absolutely, absolutely. There's gonna be there's gonna be some some definity made. There's gonna be some clarity had. If especially you're looking at the lines, like no, let's 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 clear this up real quick. And we'll be back to talk about all of it next week. Until then, this has been the Underdog NFL Show. I've been Chris Horwardell. He's been Mario Hines. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.